I was always interested uh, between the like the, the the blurry line between fiction and reality and how you can sometimes mix them because for my opinion even if we do a documentary it's our version of reality it's like our perception of the world and our own personal view of the subject so i really wanted to have like this uh, cinematographic approach to really focus on like the emotions the visual what is you know all like all around like what's all around the twins and yeah i really wanted like it was all like real and we were really following them into their journey but making it like visually interesting and really building the universe of oasis in a way like the colors we chose their clothing with them you know like choosing their clothes to have like this visual experience so that that was really fun as well to like make a documentary but you can really create this whole world Welcome to First Time Go. I'm Benjamin Ducek. That's Justine Martin talking about her vision for documentaries and her Oscar shortlisted doc, Oasis. In this episode, we talk about Oasis, how she developed a love for film growing up in Montreal, how to handle issues regarding consent, especially when making a documentary with children, what it was like for her debut film to make such a splash, and what's next for this extraordinarily talented Canadian filmmaker. Justine made a superlative film in Oasis, and especially for her debut film, she deserves all the praise she's receiving for creating a beautiful piece of art. And as striking as that is, what's more amazing to me is how grounded she is about the success of her film. What she did is not a common occurrence. You're not supposed to make a documentary short as your first film and have it shortlisted for the Oscars. But the main takeaway from the conversation is she trusted herself and she trusted her vision for the film. She took steps to make an excellent documentary, with high-quality sound and shots, the playground, the crunchiness of the forest, the lake and the rain. These are all things that will be with you for a long time after you watch the film. I hope you're able to watch it before listening to this episode, and that you'll join me in cheering for Justine in the exciting year ahead. Good afternoon, Justine Martin, writer-director of Oasis. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am so thrilled that you're here and I'm so excited to talk with you about the film. But first, I'm very interested to know how you got involved and got your love for filmmaking. Yeah, actually, it was years ago when I was in high school. One of my friends invi invited me to be an extra in one of like a Quebecer film. And it was the first time, I think I was 13 years old. And I, for the first time, I saw what was behind the camera, you know, and I realized for the first time that there was like this big world and like choreography, dance of uh, filmmaking. And I got really uh, interested and fascinated by that. And slowly I started to do film by my home at school or like, you know, in uh, my personal time. And I just loved it so much. Was it with like your iPhone or like a phone camera? How did you st start off and then did you go to film school? Yeah, at that time I was just using like really small cameras and like even like photo cameras and, you know, just to make things uh, for like the love of doing it. And uh, after I went to university, I continued all of my study in film and I graduated from Concordia University in the film program. And this it's at this 
time I did Oasis, like just after graduating. Wow. What a story. So can you talk a little bit about Oasis and what you want people to see when they watch it? Yeah, so Oasis, for me, it was uh, really important that, you know, because there's a lot of teams in it, like uh, disability, brotherhood, but for me, it's uh, mostly a film about brotherhood. And I really, I was really seeking for the universal touch of it, of like, even if they have a really specific stories as twin, they can, like, I think we can all relate in some ways and think about our own brother, sister, or relationship with family. And that was, that was like the emotional touch I wanted to give it, that even if it's a documentary, rather than using facts, I wanted to really play with the emotional response and having like more a connection with the subject. And yeah. It's so fantastic. Justine, I loved watching it. Definitely encourage uh, listeners, if you haven't watched it yet, to go and watch it. It's about 12 minutes. It's beautifully yeah. shot. The sound... Justine, the sound is amazing. Just like you he you feel like you're in the woods. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about why those little both sound and visual imagery was so important to you when making it? Yeah, actually, as a when I was a child, I grew up in um like forest. We did a lot of camping with my family and like the nature has a really special place in my heart. And when I wanted when I started to think about Oasis, uh, the first question I was asking myself was about these two twins. What happens when they are together in a place that there is no external factors? So no phones, no friends, because you know their relationship is changing and like since one has a disability stays a bit like more in childhood while his twin brother continue to grow up so I want I was really curious to see because they really have a special bond so bringing them in in a forest a place that I know doing camping and having like this really intimate view of their relationship as it could exist in a small bubble like in a dream I was really like, I really wanted to make it, yeah, like intimate and in a bubble that like all the sound and you can really live the moment with them and like the importance of the present moment as well. So when they come back to the skate park, the other location of the film, you have like this contrast of reality and dreamy life in a way, even if it's real. So. It is so gorgeous. Is that something that was intentional like do you watch a lot of documentaries and you thought this is a style that I want to have I was always interested uh, between the like the 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 blurry line between fiction and reality and how you can sometimes mix them because for my opinion even if we do a documentary it's our version of reality it's like our perception of the world and our own personal view of the subject so I really wanted to have like this uh, cinematographic approach to really focus on like the emotions the visual what is you know all like all around like what's all around the twins and yeah I really wanted like it was all like real and we were really following them into their journey but making it like visually interesting and really building the universe of oasis in a way like the colors we chose their clothing with them you know like choosing their clothes to have like this visual uh, experience so that that was really fun as well to like make a documentary but you can really create this whole world 
That's so well stated. I don't think I've ever heard it put that way, but you saw sort of the documentary as a lens for others to view the world as you view it. Yeah, totally. And because I like I'm, you know, I'm affected and influenced by my personal experience of the world. So obviously my filmmaking will be as well. It's like my vision as an artist, as a filmmaker. So I think it it applies to documentary as well to have like this really privileged experience with reality, documenting something magical that is happening in front of your eyes, but using your eyes and your perception to really uh, show what you, what you see and how you see this situation. And like to make a parallel with that, the twins, I was their babysitter when I was younger. So I knew them since a long time already. So I, I saw their relationship evolving through through years and see that line that was like in front of me. I think it was like the perfect timing to tell their story. And you did it so well. It's beautifully shot. The film is just gorgeous. So you mentioned you were the twins babysitters. Can you talk a little bit about consent? I know that's a big issue in documentaries now, especially working with children. Can you talk a little bit about that part of it? And it sounds like maybe the film wouldn't have been able to be created if you didn't have that close relationship and trust built up. Totally. Yeah. And actually, since the mother, it's more the mother who is in charge of uh, the twins. So since she she knew me well and the father as well, like they knew me well, they had we already had this build of trust that was built over time. So for me, and even on the set, I was not the director, but the babysitter for them, you know, <laughs> like uh, we, uh, we have this relationship. So I think that it's over time and talking about consent, the twins were 14 year old when they, when we, we did the movie. And I think it's important like to make them participate to this project. Like I, I was, I, I want to say about it is like, we don't want uh, to take and like, oh, we're filming you and after we're leaving or, you know, it's more like, oh, we are doing this project together. And for the twin, it's going to be their project as well. Like it's important to for them to have like this um, feeling of uh, participation and on like uh, like it's it belongs to them. Actually, at the end, like they will have these images for images for life. So I think that involving them in the process since the very beginning, it's really important. So they know what we are doing. Like we were showing the camera, they could like try movements with us, you know, like especially for children, I think it's really important because like they feel that they are part of the team and that we are not just like doing something that they don't know about like uh, filming them. So I think that for that, and since I was their babysitter, they really saw me like uh, it, they saw it as a game. I could have said, oh, we'll play soccer and tomorrow we'll do a film. And it's the same thing, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> like they see it as a game and as like a, another project in a way. Wow. And so building off that more generally, what do you feel like a documentary filmmaker owes its subject? Like for a film, not necessarily maybe with children, but with, say, another subject. What what do you think is that what what's that relationship like? Yeah, I think I thought about it a lot when like Oasis was released for the first time because you know the film is done and after like you know I, I want to keep my relationship with the twins and I think that the responsibility as a filmmaker in documentary is really about 
what you are doing with the film and like your intentions behind it, but how you keep this link afterwards. Because like, even if the film is done, you know, like doing this film brought so much to the team, to the twins, to myself. And I really wanted to keep this relationship and this bond we have. And like, you know, it's like, it's a process that is continuing. And I think like in a responsible way, you have to continue to talk to them about the film, like where's the film going and, you know, like make sure they're comfortable in it. And like, you know, it, it builds so much precious bounds during when we shoot so I think it's important to maintain that even if the film is done especially in documentary because you're like dealing with real people that doesn't necessarily make the difference between reality and acting so it's like important after that you you keep this beautiful link we we create on set right so basically you're thinking that as long as you're honest with your intentions with the subject you know, because because I've been thinking about that a lot with some of the documentaries that come up is that, you know, no one is going to let you in their life if, you know, it's like, Justine, I'm going to make a film about, you know, if you said to me, I'm going to make a film about you, Ben, but it's going to make you look bad. I'm like, no, just, you know, I'm not going to let you do that. So like your thinking is as long as you, the person is honest about their intentions of what they're going to do, that's really the most important step for the documentarian to tell the subject. Yeah, I feel that. And it's like, and if we keep this philosophy and making your like subject participating to the whole process, they will know and they will understand what you're trying to do. And that's really interesting from an outside perspective of like entering in this like artistic process together. So I think that at this point, like if they are involved at the right beginning, they know your intentions and like they can work with you and they can bring so many more ideas to what you're trying to say because you're not them so they can teach you so much so it I think it's like you have like honest in intention is good and opening as well because if you stick with your idea sometimes it won't work but for me it's more like being open to what how can they make you learn something or how, how can they surprise you well said so there are several media companies doing documentaries or publishing documentaries, but it feels like the New Yorker, New York Times are really leading the way with with what they've done with Oasis and other films. Was a film that people are able to watch pretty much your vision for it? Like what was the process like of when you submitted it or they asked you to submit it or and then what we see when we watch the film? Yeah, actually, I, we have the chance to have distributors of short films in Quebec. So it's uh, my distributor, traveling distribution that like make the agreement with the New York Times and they worked with them by the past uh, with other films. And I think that we released the film on October 3rd, 2023. And I think it's one of the, the day I will remember the most of my year because it really worked and the film had like this beautiful response for like people all around the world. And I was just reading and reading and reading the comments on the platform. And it's there that I, I told myself like, oh, I think I, I reached my goal for this film because I really, I, I, we, with like the platform and the New York Times, we really created the platform of having a dialogue with our audience. And for the first time I was like, you know, my little film was, going out 
in the world and like seeing people reacting reacting to it in so intimate ways like people telling about their personal stories and how they relate to the story and like that created a, a whole other perspective of the film and of their like personal life and that was really precious for me to see that and like I was so grateful to have like people like sending me emails of thank you and like telling me about their life it was really beautiful So when it was announced that it was shortlisted for the Oscars in Best Short Documentary, it was almost like a continuation of that success. You kind of already knew at that point that the film had resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, like already I was uh, in peace with whatever happens with the film because like it touched and moved a lot of people. And that was really important for me that like the films you can relate. I think one of the best comments you can have of your film when you're like showing it is a comment about somebody who is telling you about their personal life. That's really beautiful. And, and yeah, but of course, like the, the announce of the list of the Oscars was like a big surprise as well. We, since we did this film with no budget, really in a passionate way, like all the people on the crew were at their first experience or like first professional film but we had no money like and it was just you know building it like the sound like everything was made like really from passion so it was such a a big surprise for us oh i'm so happy for you and i think the takeaway here is that just be very like you were intentional in every aspect of this film in the subject mm-hmm. in the photography in the sound in the writing and you know every aspect of it and the hard work paid off Has it been like what you expected in terms of like have other people reached out to you to like for other filmmaking opportunities, grant opportunities, like incubators, all sorts of different fellowships, that kind of thing? Has it been what you expected mm-hmm. in terms of response? No, it's not what I expected because Oasis is the film I made just after university. And the reason why I wanted to make it, it's because, of course, I wanted to make a film with the twins and like all the passion behind it. But I didn't have any films to show in my portfolio, you know, to approach producers or like having grants. So I didn't have anything to show. So I made Oasis to have like this first piece in my portfolio. So (laughs) when it started to (laughs) go in festival and like get shortlisted for the Oscars. It's such like every time I'm I'm so grateful and happy and surprised. And it's like all of this explosion of joy and and like learning as well. So yeah, it's like such a journey. <laughs> Is that what you would recommend? Because it sounds like this, like the Oscars, film festivals, all that didn't stress you out. Like, because that was never the original goal. I know this may be hard for people to hear because so many people stress out about this so completely. Mm -hmm. Did you get in whatever film festival? Did you get into, you know, Oscar shortlist is just such a dream of so many people is like the idea just like, and I know it's hard for people, but just try to relax about it and just produce the best film that you could possibly can make and then see what happens from that. Yeah, I think that, I really believe in the energy of a film. Like uh, I remember when we shot 
Oasis, it was so much fun. Like we had so much fun making it. And I, it was a really important moment for me because, you know, you build a confidence and like you, you, you learn making a film. And after like all of the steps was always fun and we did it with so good intention. So I, I truly believe that like the energy we had, like, you know, it's still, we feel it in the film and people feel it as well. And I think that it's always stressful to think about festivals and like the first selection, where will be the premiere. But making this like big run for the Oscars and like all of this like, you know, industry system, festivals and all that, you think about, you think a lot about yourself. Like even if you have like such a big professional realizations, you, 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 you take like as a personal journey, I, I thought about lot about like where I was like what I wanted and you realize that if you like to make films like this is the important and you just want to make your next one and at some point if you get a bit detached from like the festival intensity I think it's easier to to remember because in filmmaking you're you're so much into it sometimes but you're not only defined by filmmaking and you're so much more than a filmmaker and that's important to remember sometimes that like your goal can be sometimes to reach this festival and sometimes not and it's it's perfectly fine so that's well said because we all got into this because you know no I don't well I mean I guess maybe not using absolutes but most of us got into this because we loved like telling stories and showing, you know, things that we love. Mm-hmm. Like in your case, you were showing, you know, p- kids that you babysat and telling their story in a beautiful way. Like that's the love of it. It's not just, you know, because you want to log into something and like fill out forms mm-hmm. or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, especially in filmmaking, there's a big portion of you have to sell your film, like sell who you are, like having visibility to it. But we have to sometimes remember that the center of it, it's telling stories. And there's many ways to tell stories and to uh, reach your audience. Sometimes it's festivals and sometimes it's other types of audiences. And that's like the nice thing of it is like from one film to another, you will have a different adventure related to it you will learn different things so it's important to remember like the core of telling stories and what you what you want to learn from it so what's it like being a filmmaker in montreal is there a lot of like fellow independent filmmakers is there a lot of crew available what's for somebody who's never been what's that experience like I really like uh, the film community in Montreal. We are all close. Like, I mean, we are helping each other and like there's a lot of crews and a lot of talented people. And in Quebec, we're really lucky because we have governmental financial help for film and like um, grants. So that makes it nice for us. It's not easy to, you know, work on that field, but it's like a good push for us to make film. and. I think that since we have distributors, it's we have a lot of international opportunities as well. So it's really nice to be in the Montreal film community to really share with people like our vision of uh, filmmaking, cinema. But we have like a lot of yeah international uh, opportunities, and that's really nice. Awesome. So 
like I said, Oasis really touched me. It's so gorgeous, so beautiful. I want to watch something else from you. What's next for you, Justine? <laughs> yeah, actually, with Oasis, I had the chance to, you know, make my next, next film. So I shot my next film last fall. So in February, we'll start the editing of it. So it's going to be a fiction this time, fiction short film. And and I have the project in some years, but I would really love to film the twins for like 10 or 15 years to really document their entry, like their first days, first weeks for years in adulthood. So I would be interested of like, yeah, following them for a really long time and see like how they will experience the world so differently, even if they're twins. Wow. I am so excited about that. So February starts editing, maybe sometime next later in the fall of this year, we yeah. can see the project. Yeah. In the fall, we are uh, hoping to have it screen for a premiere somewhere. <laughs> well, if it's anything like Oasis, I'll be like in the first row waiting, waiting for it to watch. Justine, it's, it's, it's so... Uh, I'm going to thank you. It's another film about the brotherhood, actually, sisterhood this time. So, yeah. I can't wait. So First Time Go is a filmmaker's podcast. We love helping other people. You mentioned Montreal has that community as well. Is there an independent filmmaker or film that you wish more people knew about? Yeah, I don't know. Like if people know about her a lot or not at all, I don't know. But I last year I saw for the first time the film Camera Person from Kristen Johnson. Maybe I don't know how she's known from the community, but I remember like the vision of the documentary really stood out and I, I realized a lot of things with this film. So that would be a, one of the film, like one of the great artists I, I was inspired by. Wonderful. So the film Oasis, gorgeous, beautiful film. Definitely watch it if you haven't already might watch it again right after this just to catch, you know, little things that I missed. It is so beautifully shot, Justine. I, I can't get over, you know, how gorgeous it was. Really told the story through visuals, through sound, through story, which is what a documentary should be. So I'm so glad that you shared it with the world. And I'm so glad that you were able to spend a few minutes with me here on the First Time Go podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was uh, really nice. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the First Time Go podcast. The goal is to make life a little easier for independent creators. So if you're with me for that, please give the podcast a five-star review wherever you download your podcast. It's free and helps expand the reach for the creators on the show. Expanded membership is available through Directors Club. You get access to season one, early episodes when available, and other subscription benefits. Sign up now through Red Circle. The link is in the show notes. Check out the podcast YouTube channel if you'd like to watch a select number of episodes of the podcast and the indie film highlight posted every Sunday. Thanks again for listening and helping creators get their first time going.